Hey everybody, welcome to 24 Slate. I'm, I'm Tim. I'm Daniel G. Garza. Okay, there you go. So Danny's, uh, I met Danny on a tour that I was doing. I was an emergency tour guy, I guess. Replacement, yeah. replacement, I jumped in. So yeah, then um, I met Danny and we went to go eat because we weren't part of the crew out there that time. Right? Although they went to go eat, we didn't go. Yeah. Yeah. You were one of many drivers on yeah. that particular well, nobody liked that event. tour. Nobody liked you guys. Yeah, that tour. No, yeah, nobody <laughs> liked us. And then, oddly enough, that was the only stop where we were in an Airbnb. Yeah. And not hotel rooms. And we were housemates yeah. that weekend. So, yeah. Nice. So, um, so let everybody know um, a little bit about you. Sure. So, hey, everybody. So, again, my name is Daniel G. Garza. I just what up, G Garza? Daniel G Garza, yeah. Okay, so two uh, Gs. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of Daniel Garzas out there. There's a tennis player, there's a politician, there's a lot of people. So I when I went professional with the union, with the actors union, there was already some Daniel Garzas, so I had to be Daniel G Garza, which has actually worked really well for me. Um, it's put me aside from everybody. And I think it's a little more professional too. It's just more. You think so? Yeah, okay. I think so. I don't know if it works, but I think so. And, yeah. and in the end, but uh, yeah, so I just turned 53. I'm originally from Monterrey, Mexico. Grew up in Texas. Uh, have been in California for coming on 15 years now. Uh, I do some acting, stand-up comedy. I produce, direct, and host uh, live stream shows from my own company. I do health advocacy. I'm a coach, spiritual coach, and life coach. I'm an author. Nice. Um, I created my own coaching program over the last couple of years, uh, among other things, MC, promotions, etc. A lot of stuff. Yeah, good. that's good. Yeah. You're like a Danny of all trades. I'm a Danny. I'm, I'm going to use that. <laughs> That's going to be in a T-shirt. Danny of all trades. Yeah. You know, um, I was uh, through some health issues back in 2000. I was on disability for a long time, and finally in 2019, I went off disability. And I it, there was it's that moment that fork in the road. Do I want to go back and work a job? where I'm stuck in an office because my background is in business. Do I go back to nine to five corporate stuff? Do I go and serve tables? Like, what do I want to do? And it was really a moment of like, do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. Like, do whatever you want. I was about to turn 50 and it was like, said, what do you want to do? And I wanted to do everything. And working to tables? Yeah, so I was like, I, I'd already been to promotions for a long time. I was already in the acting field. I was already hosting my own shows. So we ended up uh, registering our company, Little Mexican Productions, Inc., making it an official company. That way we could work for ourselves. And, I mean, I'm sure people listening and you understand this. Like, you either work on somebody else's dream or you work on yours. And I, you might have to eat ramen noodles for a week sometimes. <laughs> But, you know, but as Mexicano, rice and beans and tortillas, I'm good with that. But I just decided to go after my own thing. And then as a cancer survivor, after cancer, uh, Christian, my boyfriend, was like, what do you want to do? Like, you have, I almost died during cancer. Yeah. And God, the universe, life, they were like, 
We're giving you an, another chance. Mm -hmm. And I was like, let's let's do this. Let's do whatever we want. So I decided to do whatever, whatever comes to my head. Anything that my gut feeling says, do it. Do it like this. Like this, yeah, yes. yeah. Nice. Which I was really happy that you called to invite me. So yeah, we we're supposed to do it a long time ago, but I waited for a little bit more so I can get my followers up. And now we're listening to six people, maybe seven people instead of yes. the three. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Hopefully, we'll get up to ten after yeah. this. Then you thought maybe you want to be the last, the last podcast of the year, but, but you're not. I'm, oh. You're gonna be the first podcast of the year because it comes out Tuesday. Nice. <laughs> I'd rather be the first. Yeah, you're the, the first. Yeah, you're the first. And one. and this is technically my last interview of um, the year. Yeah. Same. So yeah. So great. last and the first. Yes. I like cool. it. It works out great. Cool for somebody that I met one time because we got mm. how's it? But we went to dinner last night. We went to dinner when we met. And yes. Kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. We had a good dinner. But, well, so that was a pretty cool place. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Didn't think so, but at first we were like, ah, <laughs> uh, that was pretty good. They had good food there. Yeah. So yeah, um, you had uh, okay. So. We kind of do like inspirational thing, like real people. So I don't know if you want to talk about it. You talked about it to me, but like you, the, um, like the AA thing and what happened. That yeah. Whole thing. So, Cause that'll help that, you know, that, and people that may be going through it or went through it or are on it, you know, they can, they can like maybe help them out with what they. Sure. So part of my personal story, not my professional story is, um, I've, I've lived now with HIV for 23 years, coming on 24. Um, I was diagnosed with anal cancer in 2015. And I got clean and sober on June 21st, 2007. Yeah. So this year was 16 years. I did drugs for 16 years. And now I've been clean for 16 years. So 2023 for me was the balance year, if that makes sense. Okay. Like. I feel like for I finally was able to clear the the palate. Yeah. Sixteen years on drugs, sixteen years off of drugs. So anything after this is a bonus. Mm -hmm. uh, but let me tell you a little bit about how I got into being clean and sober because uh, people are like, "Oh my God, good for you!" Like, "Yeah, qué bueno." <laughs> and I'm like, "No, I didn't choose it. <laughs> um, the court chose it for me." And uh, I, long story short, I got in trouble with my boss. I was accused of theft. It wasn't really theft, but there was a, a, it was a problem. So I had to go to court and I was already on drugs, obviously. And so they put me on probation. They were like, look, there's still a charge against you. We have to clear that out. Once you do probation, then you're done. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, cool. So... For those of you that know, I had to go do a urine test every week to make sure that I was staying clean and sober and doing what I was supposed to do. Well, every week that I went was dirty because I was doing drugs. Um, I got to the point, very cliche and very typical story. I lost friends. I lost my car. I lost my job. And I was about to lose my apartment. And I was the kind of addict that because I lost my car, the taxi was waiting for me to take me to court to do the urine test while I was doing drugs in the bathroom of my house. Yeah. So literally right before going to do a test. I mean, that was, I think of now and it's like, it's the balance of how stupid are you? And I think subconsciously I wanted somebody to 
stop me. Some, you know, does that make sense? Like, yeah. I wanted somebody to like be like, dude, what are you doing with your life? Yeah. So my probation officer, she was like, I don't know what to do with you. Like, you don't have any records. You don't have anything against you. It's just this. If you just stop doing drugs for, a, you know, for three months, you're, you're done. Yeah. But I, it, it just didn't comprehend. So she passed me to her supervisor. He didn't know what to do with me. So the third or fourth week, they passed me to the, the lead probation officer. And yeah. I think I get her name wrong, but as far as I remember, her name was Lana Park. And I still remember that because I'm like, she had the name of a superhero. Yeah. So she tells me like, hey, you, here's what we want to do. You have to go to court because we have to report. So the judge is going to ask you, what do you want to do? Go to jail for a year or go to rehab for three months? And I thought about it. I actually thought, I was like, is this like Oz jail? Yeah. Like, like on HBO? And she was like, no, but you're not going to have a boyfriend. Like, this is not, this, Chris Maloney is not going to be there waiting for you. And I was like, oh, shut and, and that's our time, folks. Sorry, everybody. And so we go to court. And it was a Tuesday that they asked me to go to court. And I showed up drunk, high off my ass. And I remember the, she looked at me like, what the hell are you doing? But in my head, I thought, well, if I don't show up high and drunk, how is she going to believe that I have a problem? Yeah. And again, for those of you that know, you know. So I show up on the docket. I'm the first one on the docket. So they call my name. I walk up. I must have smelled like a brewery. Like but you're really... drunk and on, at eight o'clock in the morning. Yes. Okay. It's like <laughs> or nine o'clock in the morning. Uh, nine o'clock in the morning, and I'm uh, I'm high on crack and I'm drunk. And the judge looks at me. And she's like, Mr. Garza, tell me why I should send you to rehab. And I looked at her. I said, because if, if... the thing was they were going to send me home and get everything prepared to show up on Thursday to see where I was supposed to go. Yeah. And I go, if you decide to send me to jail and I go home today, I'm not going to make it back on Thursday. There's like, I don't see a future for me. I go, but if you give me a chance to go to rehab and try to do something with my life. And she was like, okay, so they don't tell you what's going to happen. They send you home. Yeah. So my probation officer was like, go home, stay clean. I was like, yeah, sure. I went home, got high. <laughs> Because what else are you doing? I'm like, these are going to be the last days I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to enjoy. It. In fact, on Wednesday, before I had to turn myself in, I threw a party at the bar. Telling them, I'll see you in three, I'll see you in three months. I'll be back. God damn it, I'll be back. Um, so they call me Wednesday morning and say, get your stuff ready. You're going to rehab tomorrow. And that was the beginning, June 21st, 2007. I checked into... Bay Area Recovery Center in Dickinson, Texas. I was living in Houston. And to this day, the best day of my life. It was it was us it was summer camp. Um I made I'm not in touch with a lot of them still, but some of them I'm still connected to. Mm -hmm. Some of them have passed. Some of them just got lost. They never and but it was summer camp. I made brothers. I told people I learned how to throw a football. <laughs> which is pretty awesome. I learned how to grill, which is pretty cool. Uh, 
that summer is the summer I, I became a man. And I, I will always be grateful to that judge for that. That's good. That's <clears throat> pretty inspiring for a lot of people that you know, need, need some help. And I'm glad that it helped out for, it worked out for you. Yeah. Uh, That's why when we first talked and you were telling me some of the stories, I was like, this guy needs to come on and he's good. He's good. Good person. You're a good, you're good people. Don't tell that to everybody. I want to have I want to have a bad. He's not a good people. He's horrible. I'm doing, we're just making this up as we go along. I, I want to have a bad reputation. Um, you do, but you left I, it. I do, so yes. I it's the first part. But uh, yeah, so as far as the, the inspiration part, uh, I always, I still to the, to today have, I don't believe that I'm, I don't believe that I'm inspirational. I believe that the story is the inspiration. Does that make sense? But you did it. I know, I know. It, the story is inspirational, but... For you to go through it and do it, a lot of people don't believe. Like a lot of people don't believe these stars and other people that do the story. Like they came from nothing, then they went, and then they're good. Like you still struggle a little bit, yeah. No matter what, but you know you go through it, you make it better. You but you keep pushing and pushing, and that's the difference. And you, now you're still trying to do something. You didn't all of a sudden stop. Three months later, you're a millionaire. You know, no, no, no <laughs> everything no. came. Everything came in the mail. You know, what I mean, that, but see, you're, you know, you're still working at it and still. Yeah, it took a long time. Uh, it took several years. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna say it took about four years to start to clean up, like that financial mess that yeah. I left behind, to make amends to some of the friendships. I still have friends from when I was using that are friends now, and I I I love them and I hate them sometimes because they keep me grounded. They remind me of when I. Remember when you were a mess? Yeah. Like, remember the shit that you did? I'm like, yeah, I remember. Um, I also lost a lot of friends. Mm -hmm. um, there were people who were like, yeah, I'm glad that you're doing better. Forget about me. You're like, yeah. oh, crap. Like, okay, cool. Um, there are there are times I, I do my best to not sit in regret. Um, I don't regret the things I regret the things that I didn't do yeah because I was stuck in my addiction does that make sense like there's a lot of things that I, I could have done with my life like I, I didn't finish I went to college in my 30s because I went to trade school in, when I was young like last year and I guess yes thank you <laughs> this is why you're my best friend now <laughs> and I was like I wish I'd been <laughs> ironic I was going for my drug and alcohol counselor certification while I was in drug and alcohol. I kept telling people, I'm like, I was doing research. That's why. But somehow the teachers wanted you to be in class, like whatever. Yeah. Um, but I, I did all my specialty classes. I, yeah. I, I had like a year to graduate. Um, I wish I'd done that. Um, there were a lot of people in my life, relationships, that really good guys like well just for anybody out there i'm gay so there were a lot of really good guys that came into my life and then that really really wanted the best for me and really really liked spending time with me and i would trade hanging out with them to get high by myself and there was never you know how you break up with people sometimes you date for them and you're still friends yeah i never gave them the chance to be my friends. Um, I just 
blocked them out of my life for drugs and alcohol. So some of them, oddly enough, have come back and connected. I mean, the, the magic of social media, people can Google you and find you. And if you Google me, you'll find a lot of stuff about me. And some have come back and I've managed to jump on a call and go, hey, like, I apologize. Like, I, I did you wrong. And some of them knew that I was on drugs. Some of them were like, I didn't even know. Like, I just thought you didn't like me. I'm like, no, <laughs> I did. I liked you. Like, I wanted a relationship. I just had a bigger relationship with drugs. Yeah. So, yeah. So, like, so staying off of it, it's how hard is it just to stay off? I mean, you're doing good, but. Yeah. In the beginning, it was a little harder because I still lived in Houston. I knew where to go for drugs. I knew I knew where the bars were. I knew who to look for. I still had phone numbers in my phone. Uh, so the first, okay, so I got sober in 2007. Yeah. And I moved out of Houston in 2009. Um, so from August 7 to January of 2009, yeah. that chunk was kind of difficult because people still look for you. People still want to hang out. Uh, people see you out at the grocery store in the neighborhood. They're like, hey, let's go grab a beer. And you're like, oh, sure. Or you go to dinner with somebody and they're like, um, would you like a drink? And you're like, I don't drink anymore. I'm sober. Leave me alone. <laughs> and But then I moved to California. And, and moving to California was one of the best things. I moved away from my family, friends. Uh, it's, they tell you, people, places, and things. So I was like, okay, I need to do this. Now, the the last time that I wanted to get high was August of 2020. My mom passed away, and she was living with my sister in South Texas. And for everybody, August of 2020, we're right in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. And it was like, do I go? Or and potentially get sick because and I have an immune system that's compromised. So, and we finally decided like no, like I I can't go. I can't, just for my own health I can't go. Yeah. Um. So that was hard because I got to see my mom's memorial and the funeral on Zoom. And I'm the baby. And my mom had Alzheimer's for fifteen years. Yeah. So. It was like really, really hard to not be there. And um, so when I went, I was at my boyfriend's house. When I went home um, and cried it out and had my moments, I all of a sudden I got this like, I want to get high. Yeah. Like I really want to get high. But then, you know, look, the world being what it is and the universe laughing at me, the universe was like, where are you going to find crack in Laguna Beach? Yeah. And I'm like, true it's like you can't even leave your house right now to go and i'm like okay that's true and i'm like who do you call like what how do you like doordash doesn't deliver crack so like <laughs> how are you gonna pull out so that lasted like two hours of me sitting there crying and thinking about it and then i, I actually did order tacos okay. for dinner same thing yeah you know, crack <laughs> tacos whatever i ordered tacos and they were delivered and i sat there and uh had dinner by myself in my apartment and talk to my mom and, okay. uh, but that but yeah uh, it's not what it used to be uh, but you're talking about 
we talked about this before and when we met, like a lot has to do with the, ins- the, the spiritual side of it, yeah. connecting to myself and like, what do you want to do when you grow up? Yeah. Does that, does that make sense? So how do you kind of stay in the, in the um, present? How do I stay in the present? <clears throat> yeah. Cause um, you know, with that, like that you're the past and you're trying to stay in the present and try, I guess trying to, um, do you fight the past or just, no, 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 you, you, you can't because okay. what, what happened happened. You can't erase what happened. You yeah. can hide it, but there's always, I mean, I'm 53. So when I was in my twenties and thirties using drugs, there wasn't social media like there is today. And God bless that there are no pictures or videos of the mess that I did and the things that I wore and the places that I, anyway, but, but that was me. Yeah. That was me. Um, the art of negotiation, the ability to make things work my way, uh, all that I learned doing drugs. Yeah. You will not believe, if you're listening to this, the, the things that you learn to do for drugs, the, the, the conversations you have and, and the negotiation process and the manipulation of, of it. So I just took all of that and I'm like, how can I use it for good? And I still use those tactics, but now to create good stuff in my life. Yeah. So that's one way that I keep in the today. Okay, how can I? Um, mornings start off with my shower, my prayers, my meditation, my connecting with today. I have my, my mantras that I wrote. Um, I'm a workaholic. Uh, I work a lot. For me to take a day off, that's punishment. Thank like you. A day, a day without my laptop or my phone, like, why don't you just kill me? Like, what's wrong with you? Um, so I love to work. I like, if you saw my calendar, I like staying busy. Mm-hmm. That keeps me centered. But I also like to help people. I like I like volunteering. Um, I like. It's gonna sound wrong, but please follow me till the end. Um, going to volunteer for events where where it makes me realize how good I have it. It's like, shit, dude, like, stop complaining. Like, what do you, mind you, I tell people and I tell my clients, give yourself five minutes to complain about something, but then move away from it, get away from it. And I, I, I do that. Um, and then connecting with friends, I mean, I have you on my radar. I te- I send you a text every once in a while, yeah, just to check in. Um, get out of your own head. I I have to get out of my head. Man, my head is a dark tunnel. It's it's yeah, yeah. It's it's a you know those fun houses at carnivals with mirrors and glasses and uh, you know glass walls and up and downs and that's that's in my head every day. Uh, so I need to be careful. I need to be careful and navigate it. And sometimes I need to ask for help. Yeah. Um, and when all uh, people think I'm kidding, people really think I'm kidding, but it is so true. When all else fails, when nobody's there to talk to, when I can't fix the problem right there, I go in my kitchen and I make a taco. Whatever is in the fridge. It, I mean, if it's a hot dog taco, if it's a, uh, eggs and salsa, whatever it is. But there is something about the process of fixing something and, and making that taco for me 
gets me out of my head. And, and it connects me to my mom. I think my mom is to blame for that one. Because every time I was like upset or sad, she's like, pues te hago un taco. And, you know, can I make you a taco? And it would work. Because yeah. something about standing in the kitchen with her and talking up through it and finding a solution um, and then sitting down at the table and eating whatever she made was so, like, <sighs> calming. Yeah. And doing that now for myself, it, it has almost the same effect. I miss talking to my mom, but it's almost that. But, yeah, those are, I know there's a bunch of things, but pick no. what... Pick what you pick what works for you. Yeah. Yeah. And don't give up. No. Um you know, I I when I was going through my cancer recovery, there was an emergency that I had to go to the hospital. And I was there for eight days, and on the day that I got there, um, they brought me back three times. And and as a kid, I I almost died twice. So this makes five times in my life. Yeah, four left. I have four left. Yes, okay. I don't know. So you got them. I'm a cat. And okay, I'm not gonna cry. But uh, when you, when I realized that five times in my life I could almost not be here. Yeah. And that God and the universe and life were giving me more chances. You learn to appreciate the opportunities that come your way. You you do whatever you can. Um, so, you know, after all this conversation, if, if, yeah, my story is an inspiration to somebody to stay clean and sober, take care of their health, and or just be a better person, then dang, yeah, I'll take that. Yes, that's what I like. I think, it's, I think you are very inspirational. Thank you. That's why when I talked to you the first time, we talked about a couple of things we did and I mean, things you did, and then we're just like talking like you did. You read my, or not my horoscope. You did. I my, did your cards. You did yeah. the cards, and then then you're co you're a coach, so like like you're coaching. I think it was pretty cool listening to your your coaching. So, um, how did you get into the coaching, and what do you do sure. about coaching? So, I got my Reiki Masters certificate in 2016 after. Cancer. So mm -hmm. through, while I was grouping from cancer, I did my certification process. And then during the lockdown, I got my life coaching certificate. And But every time I went to study somebody or their modalities, I was like, that's not what I want to do. I'm not just about hyping people up. I want to actually help you break down whatever's keeping you from reaching your goals. So I started developing actually in... About six years ago, I started developing a system of reading for people through my cards, but not just to read your fortune or tell you what's going to happen. Or It was more about, let's break down things that are holding you back. Okay. So then when I got my coaching certificate, I was like, how can I incorporate life skills or life coaching with spiritual coaching? And I found out that there's a thing called transpersonal coaching which is the combination of, I'm like, that's what I want to do. Uh, that's what I want to be. So then I went and studied some of that and I was like, everybody's doing the same thing and I hate doing the same thing as everybody. And I was like, I need to develop my own thing. So my publisher who published my book, who was going to publish my cards, passed away in 2021. But before then, his actual words were, 
stop bitching and, and create something. And I was like, oh, whatever, dude. Like, you can't just make cards. Yeah. And he would always tell me, he was like, well, how do you think people that created the cards that you use, how do you think they did it? And I was like, oh, that makes sense. So I developed my cards. Okay. And then I developed the program. And the idea, it's called the alignment. The alignment is identifying, acknowledging, and breaking down barriers that are holding you back from growing personally or professionally. So through an exercise, it's a workshop that we do. Um, I help people break down that barrier. So people either buy a one day, one hour session, hour and a half, or they buy an eight session program, which is every two weeks for an hour and it lasts four months. But we work through like seven levels of your personality or if you're more spiritual, the seven chakras. And we go level by level breaking down what we believe is, is holding you back. That's what we did. Yeah. Yeah, we did. So that. we did the one hour session that we do. I think we did a quickie with you because we were yeah. we were going to go to dinner or something. Oh, no. It was oh, we come back from yeah, dinner. We, we come back from dinner. Yeah. And, but yeah, so I've, since you and I have talked, I've graduated five clients. So they've been through the whole four month program. So I'm looking for new clients now. But I went to two conferences, so I've done conferences now, presented to healthcare providers, because you can use this for burnout prevention too. So if you're in the healthcare profession and you're feeling burned out, but I've also talked to uh, corporations, so I presented to some CEOs. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's it's doing pretty good. Like, I mean, I'm enjoying it. And I, I enjoy it because it's not just it's part of me. You're, it's not just you're awesome. You're great. You're gonna be. You don't have to change it. And I was like, there's something blocking you. Yeah. So obviously there's something that doesn't belong. So let's find it and remove it. I don't send you home with you know a cheerleading squad in your head. I send you with a construction company, and they're gonna help you rebuild you to be a better person. Does that make sense? <laughs> Yes, yes, so much sense. So, no, 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 makes sense. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But people enjoy it, and I and there's something really cool about working with folks is that I always learn something new about myself, and I'm like, oh, I didn't realize I was blocked there. So we're really cool. It's, it's nice. So where are you gonna move on to from there? Uh, so you know what? Hold on. I should have had Jordan here, my son, because he does cards too. He's worked, but he has actually. Where's he at? He's probably home too. Damn, I should have brought him over. Okay, but yeah, he um does cards and he does readings, but he's not really serious about it, but he does it. Well, Somebody told him how to do it. And... Jordan, we're going to have to meet up for tacos. And, <laughs> and, do, and, um, and I have them in the car. Yeah. I have both my decks in the car. Uh, what's next? Uh, so through some of the campaigns and, and jobs that I have, uh, there's... We're looking into traveling next year to some conferences. So for those of you that follow me on my own pages, um, you'll get an update on where I'll be uh, during the year. There's also the the project that you and I met on. I'm, I'm potentially going back. I do MC work for them, so I'll probably be MCing again. That's another eight cities that I'll be on. Um, so there's a lot of traveling coming up, and I just got requested. I got I submitted for another job, 
that's also traveling and that's another seven cities so i'm going to be traveling a lot hopefully i'll be traveling a lot next year internationally hopefully if that works out um more coaching i have another workshop that i developed that i'll be promoting at some of the conferences so i'll have two workshops under my belt um growing little mexican productions inc uh, oh yeah your little mexican yeah productions. so we'll be um plus my partner christian my boyfriend who's my business partner and my life partner um he's doing his own spiritual coaching now too so we're expanding we're doing a, we, um and then still auditioning and hopefully more there'll be some comedy stuff coming up so i do stand up too so we'll we'll see comedy yeah so last year i didn't do a lot of la stuff but i do a lot of uh conferences health conferences hire me uh i get i basically get paid to make fun of sick people so that's kind of cool uh and i volunteer for some events here in la so if you're looking for a stand-up comic to for your event hit me up this guy <laughs> he's ready he's he is, he's funny. He's funny. Uh, <laughs> I'm funny-ish. No, he's funny. He's really good. Funny-ish. But, uh, but one of the coolest things is going to health conferences. And sometimes you need to laugh when you're going through stuff. And I knew that. Uh, here's a, a true story. Um, Wait a minute. There's a true story? So all the other ones are All the rest of it lies. <laughs> Up until now. <laughs> yeah, all the rest of it lies. My name is really... Um, <laughs> My true identity. Uh, so the first day of chemo, when we walked into the clinic, one of the coolest things, I know people are going to say that, one of the coolest things about having anal cancer is you get to make a lot of butt jokes yeah. and nobody can say anything about it. Because you're like, it's, it's I, I, I literally put my life, my butt on the line for this cancer, I'm gonna make butt jokes. So we were making a lot of butt jokes and we were laughing. And the nurse that came in to put, to set up the chemo was like, oh, cool, you guys are laughing. She's like, it's really good when couples laugh during treatment. She's like, if you make it to the end and you're still laughing, your relationship can make it through anything. And, and that stuck in our brains. We're like, okay, cool. So on the last day, okay, here's how funny my life is. My first day of, of treatment, oh no, when I was diagnosed was May 5th, Cinco de Mayo. Was, so I told people, I'm so Mexican, I was diagnosed on Cinco de Mayo. And my last day of chemo was 4th of July. So there you go. So the next 4th of July, when you see fireworks and you're putting a hot dog in your mouth, think, think, about, about, think about me. And think about, uh, think about me when you're invited into that dog. And... <laughs> So it just happened that that year, 4th of July, was on, on Saturday. And we I don't know why we had to move our appointment. It was the same nurse who came to unplug me from the from the chemo. And we were still making jokes about 4th of July and hot dogs and bursting butts or whatever. And she was like, good, you're still laughing. She's like, you guys are going to make it. She goes, you're, you're on. So no matter what comes into your life, you're going to make it. And... Ever since then, I mean, Christian, my boyfriend, and I, we've had some big arguments. I mean, we've been together 11 years. You're going to argue. But we always find a way to get through it and talk about it. And I really, really do believe that he was my caregiver. Having been my caregiver during cancer uh, really helped our relationship. Um, plus, he makes a good cup of coffee. So, okay. 
Why break up with him now? Yeah. You need coffee. You need coffee. If it, hey, if you find somebody that makes good coffee and make and eats your salsa, you, okay. and salsa is not good for anything. I mean, I'm into it. Oh, man. I don't know. Okay. So, want to go back to the future? Future, yes. Because um, you want I know, I took us back. <laughs> no, I'm fine but, with the going back, but, but uh, it was something to do with moving along. This yeah. funny, this real, the true story. Yeah. Um, so, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're we're expanding our. We have our two shows on the air. We have our Christian and Daniel show that airs Wednesday nights at six p.m. on social media. Uh, uh, we'll give you all the um, on the bottom. I'll yeah, yeah. Put we, out stuff on there. And then I do my show, which you're coming on my show next. Nice. And we're doing. And that's talk. That's good, huh? Do I have to talk? No, we can just color all day. <laughs> yeah, we're just going to get coloring books. Okay. And a camera. And uh, so we do a show, I do a show called Put It Together, which is a, uh, like this conversational show, but we do live stream. So you'll see it on social media and it's how people put their lives together or help other people put their lives together. And we share the stories. And, you know, I was I was intrigued by you mm-hmm. when I met you. First, I want to say this before I go to the future thing. People tell me like, just be careful because Tim is really grouchy. <laughs> And I was like, he's grouchy. I'm like, great. Put me in a house with a grouchy guy. And he was a little moody when I first met him. But I was like, I'm going to break you down, Tim. We're going to be buddies. <laughs> and, uh, and then we ended up sharing tacos. So that's cool. Um, but so we, we want to add another show to our network. Uh, we're looking for a third show. We are producing shows for companies and organizations. So if your company wants to do a feature, a series on your what you do, we can come and help you with that. Our advocacy work, we're adding more caregiving advocacy because we believe that caregivers don't get the, the, they don't get the thank yous that they deserve really. Yeah. So we're trying to get uh, more information out about care, caregiving to caregivers. Yeah. And then uh, we, we launched, we did a couple of episodes last year on house cleansings. So we went to two houses and did a cleanse. Christian, like my boyfriend Christian is a medium and I'm an intuitive. So we went and did house cleansings, cleansing, cleansings, and we recorded them. So those are on YouTube. And so we're looking for more houses to cleanse this year. We want to do a series on house cleansing. Like cleaning? Yeah, or, yeah. No, you don't clean my house? Spiritual cleaning. Okay, okay. Yeah, I don't put, I mean, I do have a maid's outfit, <laughs> but that's extra. And... So, but no, we go do uh, sage a house, cleanse a house. We do uh, readings for the family. So we don't own, we don't just go and scare away spirits or figure out what's going on in your house. But we we try to help the family connect and yeah. uh, remove any, again, any barriers they're having in their lives. So if you have a house and you think it's got spirits or bad energy or Give us a call. We'll come do it. We wanted to record. I don't think I have bad energy. Huh? No, your house is pretty cool. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I thought I thought I would have yeah. bad energy, but yeah. When getting back to that part, I was thinking about it. grouchy me. You know why the reason I was grouchy? <laughs> we we ended up there, right? Yeah. We had a, I was supposed to stay in another Airbnb because when we were in, started the <gasps> two days after or a day after. That's right. So when I went to that first Airbnb, we got locked out. That's right. <laughs> it was like there's a hallway that goes up in New York, and then they locked the bottom door, which they weren't supposed to, so we couldn't get in our Airbnb. So we stood in like 
Well, we stood there trying to get a hold of him, and we slept in the car. In the street in Harlem, right. in Harlem on the street, we I stood there. That now. Yeah. So we slept there that night, and then we went and did the show. And then I then I ended up going to our Airbnb. But I have to say this, okay? For I, I, we won't say brands or companies or anything, yeah. but the this particular event, I'm the MC of the event, so I'm making sure that people come into the space and have a good time and I'm entertaining. But I include the staff in my. Making fun of people. I love making fun of people. But, and I include everybody. You were really good. You were so good. Like, I, I have fun with everybody. And I, I really love working with the folks. But you came in for that one weekend. And you were dishing out. Let me tell you, Bob. He's funny. I gave away some answers? Yes. Okay, so for just, just a quick one. So I have the microphone. And I asked trivia questions about... The product and about the the city we're in and and they're supposed to go the, the people playing are supposed to go ask the staff and come back but the idea because anyway but Tim would stand in some wherever he was he would just yell out the answers but the funny thing is people would hear you and they would think about it it's like is he lying like is he giving the wrong answers and I was like so I started calling him uh, Theo Tim. Uncle Tim. So I was like, Theo Tim, stop, stop saying the answers. Anyway, but you were really fun to work with. I missed you when you weren't there the next week. So I was like, oh, bummer. You were cool. No, that, that, told, that, that one that you guys were on was hard. No, no, it wasn't hard there. Just there were some parts of it that were hard. Mine that I was on, I liked it. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's how we connected. And that was, that was yeah. pretty cool. But yeah, so uh, anyway, to finish up your answer, more entertainment, more advocacy work, more coaching work. Uh, hopefully another book is in the works. Book. Um, I want to write, I've already started. I want to write my memoir, um, which includes my addiction story. But I want to talk about my health issues, um, relationships, drugs, um, coming out when I was 17. I want to talk about all that and the lessons that I learned from it. I, it's not just a, a tell-all book. It's like, look, I went through this, but this is what I learned, and it's made me the man that I am today. And dang it, I'm pretty proud of myself. So should be, okay. should be. I want to, I want to help people, particularly Latinos and gay men. I want to help them break out of that shame that we, that society sometimes puts on us. You know, culture, religion, social norms. They. They brought me up to be ashamed of being gay yeah. or being Latino. Well, when we were young, it was different. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, I'm, I feel very fortunate that I broke through those barriers. And I want to sh show other people how to, how to do it for themselves. Yeah. Like, don't, don't follow my story. That's my story. But what's your story? What, what are the characters? What's the plot in your story? Now write the ending for yourself. You can you can overachieve, um, but it's difficult. It's difficult sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We. Yeah. I. I um. Yeah. When it was when we were younger, it was just way different. But like you, um. There's a lot of people. That where we work, they're kind of like a little weirded about things, but you're so they were so comfortable, there was no problem. You know what I mean? You're like you're, you don't try. There's a certain things how there's stuff today. It's a little different for them to to feel comfortable but the guys really everybody feels comfortable like you know like you don't you don't really put it off like you know 
You don't really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're not you know, like you're not trying to put it on them, and then you just you're just you, and you being you is a great is a good. It's really like it's cool to be around. And the, cool to be around you. Yeah, it is kind of cool to be around. You, I guess. Just say it. Yeah, but it's fun. You, you think know, I'm cool. We have fun. Yeah, you're cool. You're cool. You're cool. <laughs> not as cool as maybe Izzy or Juan, but I love him. But yeah. But yeah, thank you for saying that because it's something that I worked on as an after sobriety. Yeah. If I hide who I am, all of me, if I hide anything because I'm embarrassed, I'm ashamed, what are you going to think? What are you going to say? That somehow gives you permission to use that, maybe not consciously, but to use that against me. Yeah. It's like, well, if you're embarrassed of it, and I mean, and as, as Latinos, we're really good at calling out each other. <laughs> yeah. And I've never hidden my sexuality. I've never hidden my health conditions. I, I don't hide that I can be really tacky and, uh, and, and so politically incorrect at times. I don't hide. And if I like you and, you're, and I consider you a friend, I will include you in it. I will tease you mercilessly. And we, we're in it together. Um, and I'm so grateful that, like the campaign that you and I met on, they they appreciate that. They're like, you you don't hide anything. I'm like, why should I hide it? Yeah. I'm not embarrassed. I'm not ashamed of who I am. And then when I turned 50, uh, my sister gave me one of the best advice. She's like, when you wake up on your 50th birthday, I won't use the languages that we use, but she'd be like, "All right, you're, well, her technical, well, the technical words are you're not going to give a fuck. Yeah. Basically, you're not going to care what people think, what their opinion is. And it's not that you don't care about the people. It's like, I'm not concerned what your thought is about it. Like, if you don't like gay people, that's on you. You're missing out because we're pretty cool. If you're not, if you don't want to talk about the health issues that I've been through because they're wrong... Well, then you're missing out from learning some stuff. Yes. I At 53, I have a lot to teach people. And anyway, but yeah, thank you. I, I feel really happy that the people that I work with, particularly younger yes. heterosexual guys, yes, Latinos who can be very machistas and like, oh, have always been very respectful. And I'm I'm in on the joke. I'm not the joke yes if that makes sense yeah that's what i mean that's where it is because if you i told this to some of the guys before because there was another like another there were, <laughs> uh, like there was another gay person that worked at the, ho- the office right and he came in i like talked to him i'm like dude like we gotta talk about this because at one point or another i'm gonna offend you <laughs> okay i'm sorry don't you know don't really take it what i'm talking about but we're gonna talk i go but that's the case we'll go talk to hr now you know and um He's like, all right, like, so if you don't like me, he goes, well, I don't like you right now. I'm like, okay, then we're good, right? <laughs> we're not going to. So, you know, I talk, and then we are talking before, and all the guys, some of the guys that are in the others in other de- departments, I mean, you know a lot of um, la- la- Latinos talk. They do a lot of gay jokes. Yeah. A lot of gay jokes. <laughs> I don't know why. And I love a good yeah. gay joke. But I don't know why, but there's so many. And then when he came around, kind of, they'd cut it out. And like, so I told him, I go, dude, you're ruining this whole thing. We have some good jokes. Why don't you talk, like, just talk to them more, you know, get more, include yourself a little bit more in them. Then they can, I go, and don't, so that you're not, they don't feel you're threatened by the gay jokes. Yeah. Or they're going to, are you going to turn them gay because they said a gay joke? You know, just, and then 
I keep talking to them a little bit and they were more comfortable. But, you know, I told the guys too, I go, don't alienate them because, you know, just be yourself and everybody will be ourselves and we're good. If you don't be yourself and try to like, like put him on a, in a little certain box or nothing, don't worry about it. He's going to be fine. And I, I think that, again, not to put myself in this level, but I did, I do think it came with having come out at 17 and, you know, there's, there's that saying in Spanish, si lo sabe Dios, que lo sepa el mundo. If God knows, let the world know. Yeah. When I came out at 17 and I knew, like, okay, this is this is me. My parents knew, family knew. Those that wanted to stick around, stuck around. Those that didn't, didn't. As I got older, I, I, I learned to not fear the conversation. Yeah. Because like, I used to hang around with my dad and his friends, and the friends that didn't know that I was gay would say gay jokes. And I'm like, oh, that's pretty, that, that's pretty funny. Like, that's funny. Yeah. Every once in a while, there's one that you're like, orale, like, that's a little stingy. <laughs> yeah. But then again, I have some pretty good white people jokes, and yeah. I have some good straight people jokes. Um, I think the moment that you remove yourself from the shame of whatever it is. Yes. You can appreciate the humor in, in life. It's, it's part of life. Like, and I think that's a big problem with life now. There's Everybody's offended by... And then they don't want to offend nobody because they're putting too much on it. Just If you live your life and have fun, whatever. Like, Don't be, take it personal. Don't take all these things personal because regardless of what you see this person... Do, not you, but most people in front of you, they're not that same way over here. They're, you know, they're, they kind of politically correct here. And then over here, they're a little different for this person. Like what it, me, whatever I'm doing, this is me. I'm not going to change. There's no reason for it. It's too hard to pick these people out and be this person, this person, this person in front of those people. I'd rather just be me. And if you don't like it, yeah. I'm sorry, you know, because I mean, yeah, you could see me here. I just, we just talk and the way I'm talking here and the, what I do here. It's the same as I go out. Me and my son, we just like have, well, me and Jordan, we have fun. We just do stupid stuff. And we just, just, I mean, we're happy. And that's what you want to do is be happy. And you, you're just happy. You do things. You, you're you out there just having fun, you know, at what you do. And you could see it. So that's when I seen you doing the MC thing. I seen you um, when we went and talked. It was just so, you're, you're just cool. You, you know, you made like jokes about know, something else about, I forgot what it was, but you're like, um, what do you call yourself? Called yourself. Uh, oh my God! You said something that was funny because I was I, I was laughing. You're something about when you guys went to the pizza place in New York. You and you went and had pizza. Yes. And then you guys went to pizza and you were out there. And when you went to order the pizza, you ordered it wrong. Oh, okay. I I, I know what you're talking about. I'll yeah. remember the story in just a minute. But and yeah. you called yourself some queen or some 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 word you said. It was, it was funny. <laughs> like these two. Like we're not, cause you you said it like we're not like all um, macho or whatever, <laughs> and we would ask somebody and they knew that we weren't whatever. And these two, I forgot it was so funny. I was laughing, but <laughs> for those of you listening, I my brain has no filter sometimes, yeah. and things come out, and then I'm like, I I, I do sometimes like day on bed at the end of the night, I'm like, where did this, all this crap come yeah. from? Like. How messed up. That's just 16 years of drugs and alcohol, yeah. folks. Let me just tell you. That. Yeah, but you know what I mean? The story you told me, the way you said it, it was so funny. And I was like, this is, it was funny. You know, you, you didn't know how to order pizza in New York. And you try to put Oh, stuff like, oh, yeah. now I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, you didn't know yes. how to order pizza. Okay, so the quick story was really quick. Okay. So we, I love New York. I love New York. Uh, it's one of my favorite cities to be in. 
So the first time that my partner, that Christian and I go to New York and we were staying in Midtown and we're walking out and there was the same door guy that's there all the time. He was there all the time. And he had the, one of those New York accents like, what, what are you guys doing? Where are you going? What you want? And we walk out and it's like, it's like midnight. It's like, where y'all going? And we're like, we want, some, we want a slice. We want a pizza. Where, where, where do we go? We're all, like, we're all so excited. Like, two queens in New York just wanting some pizza in the midnight. And I thought it was like a sex in the city. I was, and so he's like, go down the street. But not the first place. Go to the second place and turn right. And if you see a bunch of people outside, a homeless dude, that's the place. And we're like, okay, let's go. And that's not the way we talk. But that's the way I talk in the story. And so we walk over and surely enough, we get to the place that it is. And there's a line. And mind you, it's midnight. So a lot of the restaurants have closed up for the night. So it's restaurant people grabbing a slice because we call them slice now. And we're grabbing a couple of slices of Coke and heading for the, the train. Um, the subway for those of you that don't know and <laughs> so they're going to the subway to go home Yeah. so that's where we wanted to go and so we walk up and everybody's just like two slices and a coke two slices and a coke and we're like okay excellent and then it's our turn and we're like um like what toppings do you have <laughs> <laughs> and the guy looks at us like where the fuck are y'all from and we're like he's like what and we're like um can you put like pepperoni on it and everybody behind us is like the hell the guy right behind us he goes are you from california <laughs> we're like yes and then we thought about it like that wasn't a compliment because <laughs> we really realized that it was like two cheese feet slices and a coke and just grab it and go yeah. so i don't remember the term that i used for it but we went back the next day and they looked at us like oh here's these queens again and we're like two slices and a coke and <laughs> And, and they just look at them like, oh, no, no, just like that. We're just thinking like that. Like, so we're like, we're so embarrassed anyway. But I know there's more to the story. I can't remember the term that I use. Sorry, folks. The story's not going to be complete. But, yes. So that was our yeah. big adventure in New York. Well, well, it was funny because when you said the story you were talking about it, I remember like Seinfeld. No, the soup Nazi. The soup <laughs> yes! Nazi. The soup Nazi. And I'm like, no pizza for you. Like, it was like perfect the way you guys went over there and you trying to find it. And then after you come back, you're like, too, 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 and yeah. then you two little California queens trying and, to order their slice. At, yeah, first you're like Elaine trying to, um, what is, oh man, this one. And they're trying to look at it. And he's like, nope. Nope. Yeah, three things. And they, they are. I mean, I love New York, but they looked at us like, like they were like about to beat us up. Like even the homeless guy was like, yeah, losers. <laughs> There's only certain things. After a certain time, there's only cheese pizzas. There's yes. no more. Now, now I know. If I ever want a slice and a Coke in the middle of the night, take it as they give it to you. Like, <laughs> hey, that's the story of my life. You'll take it. No meat. Just take the cheese. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, that was the best one. I was like, yeah, you had a f couple of cool stories. But that one, that one was the funniest one. I was thinking, man, these guys, these guys. It, it's part of the. I mean. Didn't you go I, I, by the first one? Like you said something about when you went by the first one, there wasn't nobody there. And you're like, oh, this is the one. And then you kept going. Yeah, yeah no, because there was nobody standing in the line. Yeah. I was like, no, this isn't the good one. Let's go to the one with the long line. But people look at you mean because they were like, these California queens, they don't know how to order slices. So anyway, but, you know, life is full of just fun moments if you find them. It's it. Uh, I talk about the balance a lot in my coaching, the balance of life. And the balance of life is not when everything's going great. The balance is when you accept that there is beginnings and endings, life and death, uh, white and black. And mm -hmm. if you can stand and go, this morning started off really crappy. 
But by the end of the night, everything turned out the way it was supposed to. And you can stand in that balance. You'll find the funny. And then I love telling stories. I, mean, I think you know right now, like I'm well, I'm long winded, but it's a good thing. I, yeah, for shows, this is a good thing. <laughs> On re in regular life, people are like, yeah, callate. Like, what the fuck? He's going to tell another story, folks. Sit down, grab some coffee. Uh, I'm very, uh, I'm very, I'm very blessed that I learned, even before I was practicing any kind of coaching, I'm very blessed that I learned early, early in life that we go through tunnels. We don't go through caves. There's always an exit. There's always a way out. There's always going to be people to people cheer you on to get out of the tunnel, but there's also going to be people who want you to stay in the darkness with them. And even with all the health scares and the near deaths and um, the drugs and alcohol, my life is pretty blessed and balanced, man. I'm, 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 I'm grateful. Like I know we use that word a lot. Like I'm so grateful for today, and we want to be a Hallmark card walking. But am I am I grateful for everything that's happened in my life? No, there's some shit that I wished wouldn't have happened. But I'm grateful for the outcome. I'm grateful that I'm here today, 53, sitting with you on New Year's Eve, chatting. I mean, you're my last interview of the year. Um, from here, I'll go to the grocery store, buy dinner, and go hang out with my boyfriend. Make tacos. Make tacos, probably, dude. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna grab some tacos on the way home for sure. But. There's a good place if it's open right down the street. I'll tell you about it. Sounds like maybe we'll go get some. Let's go get some tacos yeah. before we go. Uh, my last tacos of the year. Oh, yes. No, you can't because you're gonna have some after. No, no, but then I'll go get something else. Oh. Uh, but we, I mean, we're, but we're, we're, we're lazy queens. We're, we're, we're not the, we're not the fun go out queers. Let's go have fun tonight. No, we're, we actually. We, we watched the ball drop at 9 p.m. from the East Coast. So in case we fall asleep, we already watched some balls drop. I know, pun intended. But I, life is good, man. Life is good. I mean, we're sitting here chit-chatting and enjoying life. Yes, for sure. That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to enjoy life while we're in here. I mean, we're both old, so I'm old. How dare I'm you? Old. I'm old. I forgot, you're like 30. I'm old. Yes. I'm real old. See, this is why we're best friends now. <laughs> Yeah, we're, I'm trying to work on it. I'm trying to get younger. I'm trying to get younger here. You know, young man's game. Yeah. You know, I, I used to believe that. I used to believe that you had to be young and to take over. But we have experience. We have wisdom. Um, the gray hairs mean something. Um, I don't. I don't know if you can see for those of you on the. If you see this video, but you probably can't see the gray hairs coming out. There's some gray hairs up in there. And, uh, you know, but I mean, we're here, dude. Yeah. We're yeah. here. Well, that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to. I mean. That's what I created this for. So we can have fun and talk. And yeah. I don't have to leave. And Until I get my my building, then I'll be in the building. In the building. In the building. His, his empire. <laughs> you're, so, you're so strong. Where's yours at? Your, your um, podcast. Or your your TV show. What do you have? What is it? So we do live stream shows. Oh, live stream. Yeah. So we're on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, mm -hmm. and hopefully next year we'll be on Instagram too. We're um, we're dropping some channels that we don't use as much, so we're we're moving to Instagram. So you can find us on four 
Plus, I have my new series that, yes, I know. Wake you up. He's, he was falling asleep, folks, you know, old people. And uh, so the new series about uh, Daniel's days, uh, it's one national day a day. So I'll be doing those videos. For those of you who are watching this, if you follow me now, um, I have the one day video for whatever we're celebrating that day. And I, get to, I talk about it in a, in a one minute video. But this is going to be a regular series for next year. So the goal is to do 365 videos next year, one for each day, to talk about a national holiday. Hopefully wearing a different t-shirt, because I have a, a t-shirt collection. I have about 380 t-shirts. So, so somebody's not making the cut. So some of the shirts are not making the cut. Yeah. So I have to choose which ones are not. So I think I have double some of them. Okay. I'm, I'm, but anyway, yeah. I'm stealing his idea, but go ahead. Yes, but you know you heard it here first. But they, you know these white men always want to take from the Mexicans. Damn, is that what I am? Is, is that what I am? That's what you are. Okay. I, 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 I don't know. We talked about this. You're, you're not full white, right? You have color in you? I hardly have any. You have any a I hardly have any white in me. You have a little color in I'm you? Not, I'm not white. I'm have Mexican. But if you saw him in person, you're white. Really? Yes. Por favor. I'm half black, half Mexican. But... Like later down the road, let me say like great great grandfather great great grandfather. He's white. He's white. Yeah, so he, there is some white. He, he owned my he owned my grandfather. <laughs> so yeah, that's what happened. That's where that's that where it's not funny. <laughs> I mean, but the way it's reality, it's reality. I mean, what are you gonna do? Like be sad? I'm not yeah. gonna get anything for it. If you've They're never, not gonna give me reparations, so if you've never met Tim in person, <laughs> you see him and you're like, he's like white truck driver. I'm not a truck driver. Bubba. I'm not a truck driver. Bubba. I'm not a truck driver. I drive a truck. There's difference. <laughs> There's totally difference. There's I truck drivers. You, I said you look like no. you would be. Oh, I look white. like it? You'd be a white. There's no. White truck driver. <laughs> I look like I'd be that. <laughs> this and, and is the look. Of... Banjos play every time you walk in the room. <laughs> okay. <laughs> If you know the banjos reference, you, okay. if you get it, you know. You know, hmm. you know. <laughs> okay, okay. We'll see. We'll see. I see. But anyway, <laughs> but you're, you're cool. Thank you for this. Yeah, cool. we try. You know, we're just being me. Just being me. We're out here doing our thing. And then um, just had to get you in. I seriously had, I wanted to get you in from a long time because we talked. And you're an interesting person in multiple ways. But yeah, it's just for the viewers too. They can like it. And then we can do some collabs. Yeah. Yeah, I'll come on your show and do something else. Then maybe we could do another show with Jordan. Yeah. And then sure. that'll be good for just uh, different things. And yeah, I like it. Thank you. Okay. So yeah. thanks for coming. My sir. pleasure, sir. Yes. Thank you. It was good. And um, we'll get together and do another one um, really soon. And okay. everybody, I'll put all his information on the bottom, on the captions down here. I think it's right here somewhere. If you, if you don't know yeah. where the bottom is. Yeah, the bottom. Because <laughs> it depends on where you're at, the bottom. Like if you're looking at it, it's different. You may be laying down, so the bottom's over there. <laughs> so, so, yeah, just uh, look for... look for. Um, who's the daddy? <laughs> who's that? I don't know. <laughs> Who is? Okay. So, yeah, look, <laughs> look for him on all social media. Like and subscribe. Okay. We're going to do some collabs. Okay. Tim, 24 Slayton. Daniel G. Garza. That is. See, has to be those that. Has to go just like that. Daniel G. Garza. For all you white people. Daniel G. Garza. If you, if you, if you can't find the G, oh. it's not me. Oh. See, there you go. 
All right. Another Dannyism. All right. Thanks a lot, everybody. We're Thank out. Thank you.